Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Friends, I want to talk about what it means to be a positive influence. Now, I think everyone I've ever met wants to consider themselves a positive influence or being a good influence on their friends, their kids, their partners, just their life in general. They want to be the person that's making everything work and making everything work well. And it's occurred to me that obviously we're not always a positive influence. I mean, come on, let's get real. Some days we're a bad influence and that's okay. But also when you're being good, when you're being a positive influence on someone, it doesn't necessarily get perceived in that way by the person that you're trying to help out. So that's really the heart of what I want to talk about today is how even when we have our best intentions and we're doing the best possible thing we can for those around us, for ourselves, for anybody, the receiving end of that can feel like it's a bit of a drag or that we're not being fun or that we don't know what we're doing or we're not really honoring how that person feels or even how we feel and it's not comfortable and it doesn't feel good. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that sometimes doing something nice and kind does not feel fun and awesome when it's happening. And yet being a positive influence, being someone who is helping and serving well for other people in our lives requires that we show up with a longer, broader view of how our actions impact things down the road and an understanding and wisdom about what that actually means. So for me, I learn a lot about this in just conversations with my daughter about how she perceives things that we say or do and the interesting and often I think false conclusions that she comes to about what's actually happening and going on just based on the limited information that she has. And it's made me open my eyes to notice how many times I have limited information about what's going on. And to my perception, people aren't being nice or things aren't working or it's not fair. This isn't right. Um, things should have happened differently. And yet if I had the full picture, I would understand exactly why things are happening the way they're happening. And I'm glad that there's often a lot of people looking out for me, making sure that I don't, you know, drive off the edge of a cliff or do something really stupid in my life, that there's been a lot of safety measures put up for us. And yet in the moment when you're experiencing it, someone giving you a hard limit, might actually be kind, might be the positive influence. And yet you feel angry and outraged. How dare you tell me what to do? How dare you limit me in some way or tell me what I'm not capable of? And it just gets so complicated. I think we all have a lot of trauma from growing up being told what we can and can't do and either believing it or not believing it or rebelling against that. And we all take, I think, different lessons from that we all develop differently in our personalities and what we believe about ourselves and what we're going to do about that perceived limitation. 
And yet we might not realize sometimes that some of the limits set up for us were not intended to be hindering, that they weren't intended to, you know, make your life worse. I wonder sometimes if this is a part of the culture in general, training us that more is better, more is more. We should definitely strive for the best, the most, the biggest, the loudest. You know, we always want to excel, to be the best at things. And in this culture, just getting by isn't really honored or seen as good enough. (laughs) Or we even laugh and we're like, well, I guess that's good enough. But we're all like secretly thinking it's never good enough. Of course, you have to try harder. Otherwise, like you just you suck. So we internalize that. And we don't like limits. We don't like being told that there's a limit to what we might be able to achieve in part because it just completely contradicts what we've been taught our entire life, which is achieve, 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 achieve as much as possible in as many categories as possible, be as many people as possible. I mean, take them with you if you can, but still make sure you're first because you want to be special. And I think it's one, it's really damaging. I don't think there's anyone who's escaped that unscathed and is like, yeah, I don't feel hurt when someone else like wins a lot and I lose all the time. Like, I think that's just a human thing. We feel pain. If we're not acknowledged, we need to feel special. And if we're told that the only way you can be special is to succeed or achieve or do something that other people haven't done or do it better than them, that just sets you up for a really rough existence. Hmm. Ah. <sighs> I got away from my initial thought, which was about kindness and being a good influence and what that means and what it looks like. So I'll, I'll, I'll return. I'll recenter. <laughs> but those other thoughts, I think they're, they're onto something. Anyway, so when we're looking at our life and we wanting to set other people and ourselves up for peaceful, thriving, niceness, what does it mean? And often it means saying no. It means saying no to a lot of things. It means maybe saying no to alcohol or to eating excess sugar or to just going somewhere that you can't afford to go, taking a vacation that you want or didn't want to do. Sometimes it means not staying up late. It's like really simple, tiny decisions, or it seems like they're small decisions at the time. And yet if we continue to make those decisions in one way, like let's say just with the sleep, staying up late all the time. If we chose that every time you've now set a habit and now you're not getting enough rest and it snowballs into every other area of your life. And you start to notice, gosh, I'm tired all the time. I'm cranky all the time. I get sick more often. I can't function without a lot of coffee. Life just seems really, really hard. Why am I so irritable? And sometimes we don't connect where the source of the friction is coming from until someone else points it out for us because whatever is normal for us is normal. And anything that's normal, we don't generally perceive. It's just how things are. If you look at the opposite choice, which is I'm going to always go to bed on time. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to make sure that I'm winding down, that I get enough rest. Again, that becomes normal as well. And you get enough sleep and you're generally more positive and happier. And maybe your brain is a bit quicker and it's easier to make nicer choices and maybe your interactions with others seem to go smoother, but you probably don't notice that because again, that's your baseline. When you make 
a different decision, I guess, is when you start to notice how your actions are influencing your results. It's only when we make a change that we can actually measure that. So in order to see what's working and not working with your life, we kind of have to start experimenting. And I've been doing so much experimenting on myself and in my family just to figure out where, where is thriving? Where is that baseline? And I can only judge it based on how I'm feeling and what's going on right now, looking at what I've been doing regularly and the choices that I've been making and then decide, okay, if I keep making those choices, I can absolutely expect to have the same exact results. What do I want to change? And then what do I think might help me get there? And it's, it's pointed out to me where I've been a positive influence and where being a positive influence on myself has not felt great in the moment. So choosing to have a better bedtime, honestly, sometimes it stresses me out. (laughs) It's hard to get to bed on time when you've got a kid. And I don't know if that'll get better or stay a struggle for the entire time that we're going through school years. Probably. I'm just going to assume that it's going to be a challenge. But trying to stick to a bedtime it's like I feel myself starting to get amped up and I start to feel irritated just trying to meet that goal. So it's strange, isn't it? How you can be working towards doing something nice and positive for yourself. And yet the experience of it is, I wouldn't say like chaos, but it's definitely irritation. And it's the same on the other end of that. I'll keep talking about sleep times because that's where we are the waking up consistently. I absolutely understand like scientifically it's proven. If you get up consistently at the same time every day, even on weekends, it's better for your overall sleep. It's better for your energy levels. You will be a better person, at least for your physical and mental health better if you do that. And yet part of me just wants to kick and scream and whine and cry and be like, but I just don't want to. Can't I have a weekend where I can sleep in? And the answer is, of course, yes, yes, you can. But what do you actually want long-term? If you give yourself the exception, are you going to do it every day or every weekend? If you do, like what, what actually happens when you do that? And I guess, again, the only way that we know is if someone's tracking and watching and I notice this because I keep track and watch so much with my daughter and now I'm starting to do it for myself. Like what actually happens if I let her stay up? What actually happens if I get her up at the same time every day? And when she's waking up consistently, yes, we're just, we're better. The morning routine goes faster. She's happier. She's like singing in the bathroom. Whereas the longer I let her quote unquote, get away with sleeping late and get away with staying up late, the more cranky we are, the harder getting ready is in the morning. Um, the more prone we are to having a meltdown at some point in the day. And then I went, wait a minute, is it the same for me? Dun, dun, dun. And it is. (laughs) If I'm not consistent, I get cranky and I'm like, well, would I rather have my cranky time be as I'm forcing myself to get ready for bed and go to bed on time? Or would I rather have it be all damn day? And my choice personally is I'd rather just end my day a little bit stressed out going, ah, it's time to get ready for bed and just recognize that I'm a little bit shitty in those moments. And I'm a little short with everyone because I'm like, well, I'm just trying to get something done. I need to turn off the lights and wind down. It's so funny how it's in my mind, it was supposed to be a soothing time, but it's not. It's like my most moody, bitchy time of the day. (laughs) 
<laughs> is when I'm trying to get ready for bed. And it's like, I think someone's going to take it away from me. And I just need this to be okay. So all of that is really to say that when you're being kind to yourself and when you're setting these new limits or I guess new parameters of how you're going to be, you don't necessarily perceive it as kind and awesome. Like it's just not fun. And at the same time, you can notice that there are rewards. And I think as I'm pointing out to myself how much I'm gaining from just choosing to to put the limits on myself, as well as my daughter for bedtimes anyway, I'm recognizing like, wow, waking up is so much easier. I have um, a ring now that's tracking my sleep and it's it's improving and I'm noticing the improvements day by day, day over day. It makes a difference. I think so much of what we can comfort ourselves with really comes from paying attention and taking notes. I think if I did not pay attention and did not take notes, there's no freaking way that I'd notice that things have actually improved. There just isn't. Hands down, there's no way I would know. All I would know is that I get emotional and I get upset and I don't like it. And so Cranky Pants Blaze would say, I'm not going to bed and I'm just going to wake up late or whatever. And then continue to suffer on and go, I don't know why my sleep is crap. I don't know why I'm so cranky all the time. Why is it so hard to work out? Why do I not have energy? It's so funny that becoming an adult, like I, I learn more and more how the things that seem like they're hard are actually not as hard as dealing with the hard things that come from not choosing what kind of hard I want to have. Does that make sense? Like you can live life and it's going to be difficult no matter what, but if you choose what difficult things you're doing and where you have those limits, in my mind, it's just, it's kinder. Then there's a frame. And I think of it now as like, it's a framework. It's a foundation that I'm choosing to live from. And I'm wanting to teach my kid that the limits and the the parameters that we set for her are making a foundation with every intention of kindness to make her life easier and to allow her to experiment with it. And I think that's an interesting point is that I want to allow her to experiment with it. So if she's like, well, I don't believe you that going to bed on time is making my life better. I'll be like, okay, great. Let's experiment with it for a week and just find out what happens because you do still have to get up and go to school and let her experience it firsthand. And I think that's something that we all gain from as well is that there are lots of things in life. Like it would be nice if just listening to me would work for you or just reading a book would teach you everything you needed to know. And oh, suddenly you just, it would click and you'd do it. And I think very occasionally that happens, but almost all of the time, at least for my own self, I need to do the damn thing or not do it and see how it goes. I need to experience it myself viscerally in my body to make the brain connection that says, Oh, that's what's happening because it just doesn't happen if I don't experience it. And I'm much more willing now to let other people go through and like make what I would call mistakes and be like, I'm going to just very consciously set you up and allow you to make that mistake, at least for my kid. But I'm trying to do it in a framework that holds her in a place where recovery is very easy, where the lesson is easily learned, where she can experience it, but not in a way that will be tragic. And I try to do that for myself too. And be like, okay, I'm probably going to fail here a lot of times. I'm going to try to set it up in the best way possible so that even when I screw it up, I'm probably not going to die. That's always my goal. 
not going to die. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to learn something. We're going to go through it. It might be painful. I'm going to prepare for pain. But if I succeed, and as I succeed, I will have gained so much from having these experiences of failure. I honestly think that's where we get so much of our growth. Like you guys failing is awesome. We should do it all the time. I know I do raise your hand, <laughs> but it's made a really rich and awesome life. So I wish you all a really rich and awesome life. I hope that your experiments go well as you choose. Honestly, I like, that's what I wish you all like do an experiment this week, man, pick something that you want to challenge yourself on and be like, this is something that I think I want to do. And I'm going to set it up as an experiment and actually track what changes and give yourself enough time to notice changes. I think a week or to two weeks is probably better than just a day or two because it's the changes over time that really show us a pattern. And if you can't find a pattern, then nothing really changed. It was just a momentary experience. So I wish you happy experimenting and to always remember that this is part of being kind and part of being a positive influence on yourself, on your life, and on the lives of those around you is setting boundaries, setting parameters in which you want to thrive. And when you think of it as like a, a parameter or a foundation on which you get to thrive, that also sounds way more badass than just like, someone told me no. <laughs> Have a marvelous week and I will see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love and I'll see you next time.